welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and joining me today, got a very special guest in the house. Um, <laughs> we met because uh, through the serendipity of enjoying uh, live music together, um, and uh, it's not every day when you get to make friends like that, and uh, we've, we've uh, grown closer and closer um, ever since then. And I'm really excited to talk to him about um, music, about life and where we're at. You know, we, we kind of we were saying before we started this that we thought we would have a whole year of live music together. Uh, but so much for that. Yeah. But um, I'd like to welcome Alec Vanalka to the show. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here, Ben. How are you doing, Alec? I'm doing pretty all right, all right this Wednesday. Had a pretty productive day of working from home. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Can't Good. Complain. Yeah, nice. Uh, I'm unemployed, so I mostly just sat exactly where I'm sitting right now. And uh, <laughs> just kind of uh, try to keep myself busy all day today. But, um, yeah. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, now what are you sipping on over there? Got a raised grain paradox red, even though I'm over in uh, St. Paul now, St. Paul, Minnesota. Still gotta gotta keep the uh, Waukesha roots somewhat intact, <laughs> even though I try to actively cut that tree down every time it tries to grow back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I totally get that. So that beer is from uh, home. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, they opened up, I think, like a year or two after I left for college and uh went back there at one point and tried it thankfully after I started liking craft beer but yeah really yeah. good beer highly recommended good good to know I, I need to uh expand my palate I I so I'm drinking a Natterday um I I had some friends like when it first came out like two years ago I had some friends that like were obsessed with it they were like dude it's so good we can't stop drinking it um now it's it's like if you drink too many of these you get sick of the taste really really quickly so but i just needed to switch it up a little bit because i'm sick of drinking hams every week so uh <laughs> there you go yeah i i needed yeah i Sometimes i should drink ain't that the truth i need to drink more uh crafts though i do yeah yeah, thankfully, well, I guess not thankfully, but my uh, the guy I'm living with now is a huge craft beer fanatic, so the fridge is always well-stocked, and it's also just unfortunate. Every time you think about drinking a craft beer, it's like drinking an entire loaf of bread. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you suddenly find yourself just spontaneously growing facial hair. Yeah. Oh, I get... wish. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a week. I haven't shaved in a week. <laughs> Man, that's wild. I, know. I grow a beard in like, my my beard grows super fast. So, yeah. Um, are there any good uh, breweries over in uh, Twin Cities? Oh yeah, plenty, plenty. The beer scene out here is pretty dope. Um, there's, I mean, right, like a five minute saunter from my house is a really good brewery out here called Blackstack. Used to be a favorite place of mine until uh, COVID had something to do with it. But their tap room uh, is huge, and they've just got, like, all these really cool, like, mismatched furniture, just, like, really comfy leather chairs that all look like they came out of, a, out of like, a garage sale. But it works, oh, cool. and it's, it's just a really fun space. I really like going there, and I think they switched their 
I think they poached a head brewer from a different brewery in the Twin Cities that was also another personal favorite of mine, and that just made their stuff, like, even better. Damn. Next time I come up and visit you, I'll have to go there, because that sounds oh, really dude. fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. Hell yeah, man. Well, so, Alec, what we talk about, Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. Do you want to tell a story of how we met? Yeah, uh, it was a great night. So, uh, my girlfriend and I uh, went down to Chicago last summer. Was it last summer or it was 2018? Two summers. Two, Two summers ago. Man, time flies. Uh, we went down to Chicago two summers ago. Uh, I guess also as a preface, I uh, met my girlfriend online uh, on an Animal Collective fan forum. Uh, right. You know, modern love. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we met online there, and uh, naturally we went to go see Animal Collective uh, down in Chicago. So we road tripped from Minneapolis, where I was living, and I currently live in the Twin Cities still. Uh, road trip from there to Milwaukee, where I, or suburb Milwaukee, where I was born and raised. Uh, stopped off there for a bit, and then drove down to Chicago all on the same day, and then back to Waukesha after that. But uh, saw Animal Collective perform their Sung Tongs show uh, down. What was the theater again? I can't remember the name. Vic of the theater. theater. Vic it was Theater. The Vic. Right. Yeah. It was at the Vic. Yeah, amazing show. Just totally beautiful it was amazing tear jerking tear jerking oh, yeah. oh god uh when he, hearing them play college live and hearing everybody else sing along that was just like the the 15 year old alec back in high school who was just like listening to their stuff on spotify and crying in his room that was like <laughs> yeah uh, self-actualization there but Please. yeah amazing show and then afterwards we thought you know uh, i got some like really cool posters from them i think i even brought down an album possibly uh, and I started doing this thing where every time I'd like just try to chat with an artist after the show, I brought along these like sunglasses made for toddlers. Uh, I try to get a picture with the band wearing them. I've only successfully gotten that a few times, but they always try to humor me. Uh, so we're just waiting out there for the band to come out and just started chatting with a random dude. And he mentioned that he had a uh, uh, in the flowers tattoo. And uh, that dude was Ben. And <laughs> we, the band never came out, but we still talked about animal collective and music and life for a good hour hour and a half waiting for them and then uh and then we parted ways but not before getting each other's socials and before we knew it i think we planned another trip a year later up to go see av tear uh in, in minneapolis road tripped up from milwaukee up there together and now that was a that was a great one too it was we got to uh meet av tear and uh, deacon after that yeah. show and uh, man, yeah, that was that was such a great trip. Uh, also, want to give a big shout out to um, the opener. Who is the girl again? Lipsticism. Lipsticism. That's what she was. Shout out to Lipsticism. She was really yeah. dope too. Hell of an opener. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really, really set the stage and chatted with her for a while after the show too, just about random stuff, and she was really cool. Yeah, aren't aren't you guys like matching signs or something like that? You were talking about astrology for a while. Oh yeah, uh, we I think like we had a very kind of funny, not even friendship. I think we would just like randomly get into very deep five minute conversations on Instagram just about like spirituality and stuff. And she recommended me a lot of cool, a lot of cool things and resources. And I think we just randomly talk about astrology on there too. But no, I, I correctly guessed her sign. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
What is she? She's a Pisces. Oh, nice. Well, you're a Sagittarius, aren't you? Yep, I'm a Saggy Terrier. Well, I'm between you guys. I'm Cap Gang. Let's go. I got yeah. a lot of Capricorn in my chart, too. Hell yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, you, you told it. You told it exactly how it happened. Uh, we met after waiting outside after that Sun Cog show. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of kept in touch after that, which doesn't normally happen, like, when I meet people at shows. Like, usually it's kind of just like, oh, well, that person was cool, but I'm probably never going to see them again. But you were from the Milwaukee area, and I live in Milwaukee, so I was like – and we know a couple of the same people. Yeah, that was the other thing. I think having those extra connections in there, that's what, like, made you want to keep in touch. Yeah, big shout-out to Miguel Brown. Yeah, oh, such a dude. Miguel, if you, if you watch this, shouts out to you, dude. You're a oh, yeah. Yeah, hell of a he, guy. Um, yeah, I actually saw him out at a march this summer. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he, I'm, he, was in, uh, he, was on, he lived on my floor my freshman year at oh, nice. UWM. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, so we, I remember we, like, when you were home, like, last, or two winters ago, uh, we got, like, a beer, and it just kind of, like, broke the ice a little bit more, and then last year, yeah, we went to go, we went on that road trip, and we really, like, got to know each other, and, like, Five hours in a car will really get two people to bond. Yeah, well, I found out that, like, you're, like, also pretty socialist, uh, which I think is important, you know, when you're going on uh, trips uh, across the state, it's good to have uh, similar political views to somebody. Yeah, it does. It does help. Common ground there does help, but at the same yeah. time, it's like I don't know. Even even in the beginning, I feel like if I didn't know that somebody just like didn't mess with like basic human rights, I don't think there's somebody I don't want to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that that all said. Um, so, Alec, yeah, so we met through a shared love animal collective. Uh, that is true. Experimental pop band from Baltimore. You know, they're, they're just easily my favorite group of all time. You know, they've just shaped so much of how I've perceived sound and texture and color in, you know, really, like, eccentric ways. It made me, like, fall in love with, like, what music how just colorful and emotional and visceral music can be like in so many different, with so many just creative albums. Um, so I guess um, I'll ask you, how did you get into them? Oh man, uh, a few different points. So like all people who kind of first delve into it. I mean, I feel like the best explanation of like Animal Collective and like some other artists to some extent is just like, yeah, they suck, but you get used to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, they're very jarring the first time you hear it. I think the first time I ever heard them, I think it was like 2011 or 2012. I was like a sophomore or junior in high school. And uh, back in my French class, we used to have computer lab days on Mondays. And uh, instead of, conjugating verbs like a good boy i was uh perusing pitchforks uh top songs of the decades list of course and number one they had fireworks and i was like all right this is the best song of the decade i guess i gotta hear it and i heard it and i thought wow this is garbage uh I don't like this. <laughs> yeah uh, and then lo and behold another uh another year or two later uh skate 
3, the video game, uh, still is to my favorite day, one of my favorite video games. It's a glitchy mess, but it's my favorite glitchy mess. And they have an Animal Collective song on the soundtrack. And one of the many weird glitches that my uh, game had was that it would only ever play like the same six songs off the soundtrack. It had like 40 songs on the soundtrack, but it would only ever play like uh, this one like Junior Mervin track. And uh, that was the only one that ever stuck out because I still love Junior Mervin. Um, but I saw this Animal Collective uh, track on there. I was like, all right, I'll give it a listen. I remember seeing that name. Uh, and it was summertime clothes, and that one instantly hooked me because I think by that point I had delved a bit more into like the synth pop and kind of electronic stuff there, and that just like instantly grabbed me. And uh, yeah, never never looked back. Uh, it was yeah transformative. They were kind of like my first real well, no, uh, unfortunately my first real favorite artist was Dead Mouse. <laughs> oh yeah, we all we all had that phase. Twenty eleven, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, they really like opened my eyes to a lot of different music, like beyond just kind of like that psych pop and more experimental stuff. Like it really opened my ears up to like really interesting sonic textures. And I think to this day kind of got me deeper through like uh, kind of the acts they toured with like Dan Deacon, uh, Lightning Bolt, Black Dice, like everybody from that like Northeast, like yeah. gang, gang, dance. Yep. Yep, Gang Gang Dance, another huge one. Like, they all kind of coalesced and got me really into, like, other weird textural stuff, like uh, getting really into noise rock, uh, more kind of, like, esoteric noise and music concrete stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. I had a similar story with them. Like, it also kind of came in pieces. So... Um, the first time I, my intro to Animal Collective was actually, um, I didn't realize that, um, he was in Animal Collective at the time, but so my senior year of high school, um, my high school had a radio station and my friend Jesse and I used to play indie music, uh, uh, after school on Mondays, we had a show for two hours and. You know, we would play stuff like, you know, Foster the People, Fantagram, like Bombay Bicycle Club, like oh, all these yes. all these goofy ass indie bands, you know. Just bring it up so many memories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um big Arctic monkeys fans, of course, as well, you know. So we played all that kind of stuff, but kind of like, you know, we were just kind of for fun, like just look for different indie songs on Spotify that we could like introduce to each other um, every week. So I remember it was like toward the end of senior year, but Jesse, I remember was like, dude, so I found this really, really interesting song. And I, I don't like even know how to describe it, but it's like, I'm just going to play it for you. And then I want you to describe and then describe how you feel. And so that song ended up was Comfy and Nautica. By yes. Bear. Yeah. Yes. And so that was my intro. And I remember like after, pl after playing it, I was like, the song kind of sounds like you're like ascending into heaven, like slowly, slowly, but surely like, uh, like ascending into the sky. And then like that drone at the very end, Yeah. like you're, you just fall, you fall, back down to the ground and like fall into like an abyss like 
Yeah, and then Take uh, Pills comes on, and then... Man, this is yeah. some weird shit you 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 showed us this week um i didn't it, like you said it wasn't for me at first but and then i wouldn't um and then like when i got to college um i had a really good friend in the dorms that was into like all kinds of like experimental music and stuff like he was a big pitchfork guy as well um and then i remember he was like a big animal collective fan but then, like, and then he would try to show it to me every once. And, like, I, you know, like, I heard, like, My Girls. I heard Summertime Clothes, mm -hmm. you know, like, I guess it kind of was just, like, it doesn't really make sense to me, you know? Like, what's, what's, there's, like, no, it's just, like, it's a really odd melody. Like, it yeah. just doesn't really fit conventional pop standards. But then, so, then, like, my sophomore year, like, that was when I was like um, really starting to just nerd out on music and Spotify. Like I literally just spent hours on Spotify. And then I was finally like, no, you know what? I'm going to give, I'm going to actually start listening to albums now, not just songs. Yep. And, I, and I listened to Meriwether Post Pavilion. And uh, I was like, you know, this is really fucking weird and still kind of, um, you know, esoteric, but it's almost like I'm, fe I feel like I'm like learning a new language, you yeah. know, and, but in this, in the sense of a different kind of music. And then I remember, um, I thought like the best song on the record at the time was brother sport. Um, I will agree with you there, bud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still, that I was like, I was like, the rest of these songs don't really like make sense to me, but brother sport is catchy as hell. Oh yeah. So then, like, I would listen to it. I started listening to, like, the record more and more, like, going to class, coming from class. And then I remember trying Strawberry Jam. And then this, I remember I was walking in the UWM Union, and I put it on, and this, I the second Peace Bone came on, I was like, what the fuck? Holy shit, this song is fucking awesome. Yeah, it clicks. Yeah, it always, it absolutely always clicks. Yeah, so Peace Bone absolutely fucking hooked me, and then uh, yeah, and then from there on, yeah, the rest is history. So the myth goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, so when was your first time seeing them? First time seeing them. Uh oh, man, it was twenty. 13 uh september it was on their centipede hertz tour i was supposed to see them uh in the like winter early spring of that year and then that was when av got uh laryngitis and had to can't like postpone the tour and I you couldn't when sing I like news, any songs on that tour pretty much nope. yeah i remember hearing that news and i i cried <laughs> i don't cry very much uh just in general it takes a lot but that was one of the times where just tears instantly came flowing yeah, was, yeah. so i had my heart set on that but yeah first time i saw them was at the orpheum in madison uh september of 2013 uh it was so much fun i have so many videos lying in a dropbox file or folder somewhere of me scream singing along to like did you see the words uh and nothing in my opinion will ever beat the brother sport from that tour or like the brother sport and purple bottle because they came out they did two encores which was also i was like that's gutsy 
If you're doing wow. two encores, you know you're good. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, they played, they closed with uh, Purple Bottle, but they played Brother Sport before it, and just, oh my god. That was, like, ascendant. I, I haven't moshed that hard in my life, except maybe when I saw 100 Gex, like, right before the COVID shutdown. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. But, yeah, that was just so much fun but i've seen them i actually have a have it on my phone somewhere i i have a list of every band i've ever seen because i just like to keep a diary of that stuff totally yeah so uh, i've seen them a fair amount of times yeah i've seen them three times plus that time we saw ab yeah yeah i saw them twice on their painting with tour them at sung kong's oh, nice their painting yeah. with tour was so tight yeah, dude. I mean, they brought back some classics. They got they brought Guys Eyes and Kids Alvin on Holiday. Rowe. Alvin, Alvin Rowe. Oh, I I uh, started screaming and I started dancing with some random dude in the crowd. Like I just grabbed him, started hugging him, and yeah. Well, going. they turned it, oh, dude. Wow. It's just insane. They turned Alvin Rowe into like a club banger. I with know. That tour. Or uh, like trance bees, where they put bees with like the trance beat underneath it. So. <sighs> According to this, I've seen Animal Collective five times, and I've seen Panda Bear twice. Uh, so I've seen I've seen them on Centipede Hurts, uh, Sung Tongs in Chicago. Right, I saw them do Tangerine Reef in New York at the Festival of Disruption, which was super cool. That was probably one of the best like nights of music I've ever been to. Then I yeah. saw them on their painting with tour in Minneapolis, and then I saw them at Desert Days out in California last fall. Yes, you did. And I was really insanely jealous that you were there. Oh, I, man. I'm, Alec, I'm telling you, like, so I, like, I listen to, like, their, uh, like, YouTube stuff um, yeah. all the time. And I listen to their set religiously to this day. It is, like, it was unbelievable. Uh, got, gotten to see, or got to see them play for Reverend Green for the first time in, like, 11 years. Yeah. Uh how, what was that like when you heard like the sample at the begin? Like what? Like because I know it was the oh, last I, song. They I went like I went ape shit. Like I, I was just like, yeah. Me and my girlfriend were just like screaming at that point. The second but, you uh, hear whether or not you believe that these are real recordings of Bigfoot creatures yeah, in their natural the, environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That set was just like just bonkers from start to finish because they opened it up with banshee beat which is like one of their most emotional just like raw songs and it was kind of an interesting take on it because i know that when av originally wrote that i know he was like i think that was when he was going through the like his divorce i think um yeah like, or no that was that was bluish never mind but uh he was like writing i think he just gone through like heartbreak or something but it's like a very yeah. melancholy track but Hearing him sing at that, it was like kind of upbeat, a little more hopeful, which was interesting. But then as soon as they ended that, they go into like, you know, one of the things they're famous for the live shows are just like the transitions they do. And they just have like some xylophone bleeps and bloops and everything. It's just kind of like, all right, what are they going to do next? And then Panda Bear's on the drums and you just do those three rim shots. And then I hear like an electric organ and then like a ska beat. Yeah. And then Panda uh, on the live vocals just does like a, and i'm like okay what the hell is this uh yeah they're working with a lot of auto-tune on the new stuff right now oh yeah 
Yeah, I I was not on board with it originally, and then I heard it live, and it all just clicked for me. Hearing Passerby with those crazy vocal effects, yeah, or yeah, just those vocal effects, uh, man. So yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I remember, like yeah, just when um, I it just became an infatuation that became an obsession really quickly when I started listening to Animal Collective. Like, once I got into, (laughs) like, I remember after I, like, really loved Strawberry Jam, I was like, dude, okay, I actually like Animal Collective now. My friend was like, dude, you don't even know. You just got to listen to Feels, dude. You got to listen to Song Tongs, dude. It gets weirder and weirder. You close. You listen to Mary. You listen to Meriwether Post Village for the first time. You close your eyes and suddenly you open your eyes and you're in front of your computer and there's like 80 gigabytes of concert bootlegs sitting there. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I think their one show from 2004 in Paris was really good because it was like a prototype of the sound that they were setting at the time. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Like, I think oh, the fe- <laughs> you're like I think like you know the 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 fetus versions of the Strawberry Jam songs you yeah. know, were among among the most experimental. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I do regularly, you know, spend time in the archive yeah. uh, website where, you know, I listen to their old, like, mid-2000s recordings. And uh, I still think that, like, I would have really fucking loved to see them in, like, 2005. Just to see, like, the old renditions of Kids on Holiday and Daffy oh, Duck. Yeah. Man. Because they still have, like, their roots back then of, like, still being kind of noisy. Yeah, I feel like once Strawberry Jam came out, that noise kind of turned into like more psychedelia and like a lot of that textural stuff. And yeah, it's not a bad thing, but it would have just right. been really cool to see like, especially live how they did a lot of that noisy stuff to feels, which is just such like a gentle lullaby of an album. Yeah. So that being said, what is your favorite record of theirs? Oh, I hate you for asking this. <laughs> it's like, it's like picking children. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i think uh i think at the heart of it in my heart of hearts i'd have to say feels that one a, that one got me through a lot of rough nights in high school yeah I, not really rough but just like deeply emotional oh yeah 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 i i hear you feels has definitely grown to me a shit ton in like the last two years or so um I say um, my favorite's got to be Strawberry Jam for this reason. I think that I love Strawberry Jam so much because no song is anything like the other. Whereas, oh, yeah. whereas like the their other albums generally have like kind of a texture to them. Like feels sort of like that watery, like swampy psychedelic rock. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah, it's like instead of a like a motif in the musical theory sense of like having a recurring melody or something it's like they have a consistent like thematic motif of like they go for the sonic palette on every album yeah and yeah i agree that strawberry jam they still do have like a consistent sonic palette there but it's the one where it's like there's really as soon as one song is over if you haven't heard it before like the next song is just never what you expect exactly like you know, Reverend Green, Fireworks, Number One, like all these songs about growing up and being not being a kid anymore. Oh, God, I wrote an entire like high school. I think it was my junior year of high school. I wrote, uh, I did a presentation about 
uh, Animal Collective, and specifically, it was Fireworks and Cuckoo Cuckoo. Cuckoo, I texted you earlier this year when I was, like, in my last night in my childhood bedroom, and I was like, man, I just heard Cuckoo, and uh, it's just hitting me in the feels so hard right now, because it's, like, about, like, because that song is, like, so open to interpretation, where it's, like, it, the lyrics, you know, could allude to, like, the child and you dying, and you're not you know, like, you walk past the playground where all these kids are playing, and it's like, mm-hmm. you can't just go run over there and be a kid again, like, and... Yeah, uh, that's why I can't listen to it. It makes me, it makes me too sad. Yeah. It's, but it's such a beautiful track, though. Yeah. Oh, the backing, okay, the backing vocals of it, like the... Yeah, like that, oh. Yeah, that, that really, like, I feel like every time I listen to um a lot of like i'm still discovering new like samples and new uh, like little pieces uh, embedded in the tracks to this day like i still discover new things when i hear yeah their songs like wasn't like the main like piano twinkle in cuckoo wasn't that like a like a chopin piece or something yeah it was some like classical composer no it was it was least it was least that's what it was yeah um, I still think that Safer is one of their best deep cuts. Oh, for sure. Safer, I understand why they didn't put it on the album because it does kind of have a similar vibe to Cuckoo Cuckoo, but man, that song, like anytime that comes up on Shuffle in the Car, I'm like, all right, we screaming. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're blowing out our vocal cords today. Yeah, man, that song... I like to listen to that song when I'm like walking home at night from like being out with friends, like when I'm walking home in the dark, because like it's such a like, you know, it just ascends into this like nightmarish, like, um, you know, almost like pseudo tribal, um, like movement of like screeches and shouts and just the that part where he just starts screaming like i'm all right i'm all right yeah. and then then it all kind of drops out and just spirals down and then you hear that that like bollywood sample kicking in yeah. the back and that like five four uh drumming where you just have like panda bear randomly smashing on the toms and the cymbals it's like oh yeah <laughs> it's set listen like if you're listening to this and you've never heard the song the description probably sounds just awful but it is just truly an amazing i would not recommend it as your first adventure in animal no no (laughs) nor would i i would not recommend listening to spirit their first record first either Mm. um because it's got a lot of shrill frequencies that could be disturbing back in like the early days they did a lot of experimenting with like feedback loops and like all these like really weird sonic palettes where they were just like cranking up these really high high frequency sine waves so you just hear that actually though one of the first songs i truly loved from them was the opener to spirit where it reminded me uh did you have an n64 at any point uh my dad did when i was really little but yeah i don't know why but for some reason every time i hear that i think of 1080 snowboarding (laughs) just total two completely different things but those wires got crossed and now they're never on crossing like i live in river west here where Mm -hmm. people live where people like a lot of like 
indie and underground stuff. And I have some good friends that one of my really good friends, uh, Jake, um, he, he's like as big of an animal collective fan as we are. And he's like a big spirit fan. Like spirit is his favorite record. And uh, like, he makes music of his own. And like, I think that spirit is one of the most whimsical, you know, it's one of the oh, most yeah. like, um, fantasy oriented and uh, just and, like phantasmagorical. Um, yeah, it feels you know, like it, a. It feels like you're reading a nursery rhyme. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's honestly why I feel like you know been so attached to the band over the years is because like I think that growing up is really scary, and I think that growing up is something that like I struggle to wrap my head around a lot, and it can be very like you know confusing and ambiguous, and uh, in addition to just like the really fun and colorful music that they make, like just the sentiments behind their song, behind their music is exactly about like the, the fears of growing up and, you know, eventually starting a family and, Mm -hmm. you know, having a, you know, just being kind of stuck in routines and stuff, but it's, it's almost like, you know, they, they, they do, really well with like reminding us in their music to like not let our childlike wonder disappear yeah they really do a great job of like continuing to let that kind of childhood sense of naivety just really permeate through all their stuff like even when they're getting into like god like pandas tracks about you know like being being a father and like even those songs just about like getting like growing up and, and everything like it's they, they still really nailed down that like childhood sense of wonder like they never really let it go and that's also what drew me to them too like I mean it did take some some like thinking about it and some ruminating on it but yeah I I've kind of come to similar conclusions that like that's probably why I love them so much too is that they just <clears throat> always have had this sense of awe at mundane things like that's kind of what fireworks is about it's about like just a really like on one hand it is still kind of talking about like the mundanity of everyday life and kind of floating through it but it's also trying to show you the perspective of like how even fourth of july fireworks like if you're seeing it for the first time it is like to a baby it is the like wildest shit they've ever seen yeah oh yeah and uh yeah that and like fireworks is and that makes fireworks just one of their most pinnacle songs easily for that reason because there's no other song that kind of captures that um you know sort of just that uh meandering sense of growing up and uh, and struggling with a lack of direction Mm -hmm. um i'd say other ones that have really grown on me over the years like songs that you know, I just dig more and more the more I listen to them. Um, definitely Daffy Duck um, is one of my favorites of theirs. Like, yeah, it's just too. so moody and, uh, you know, kind of, it's it's very ambiguous, like, lyrically, but it kind of sounds like, like, um, the lyrics kind of sounds like it's from the perspective of, like, a father trying to, like, reconnect with his kid that's like not quite a kid anymore Mm -hmm. 
you know, like that. Delson? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Winter's um, Love. That's another one of my like growing to be one of my yeah. new favorites. Also, man, dude, Slippy is a fucking banger. Yeah. What the Slippy, fuck? Slippy was one of my early favorites. Just like Slippy that. is a fucking jam, dude. Yeah. Like it's just so funny how, like, it just goes through the like the time signature just makes no sense there. Like I'm pretty sure that it's just free form and they just have like the yeah. God, that that's another one of my favorites off of uh, now Ark. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I commend the boys for revisiting the insensitive imagery in their music in the past and doing what was right. I'm really proud of them for doing that. Yeah, it did take um, them a minute, but at the same time, they really, like for a lot of other people, or a lot of other artists that have just kind of like done lip service, like really seem like they put their money where their mouth is and have like taken the time to really like educate themselves on it. And I know they donated a pretty decent amount. Yeah, they raised a lot that. of money. Yeah. So yeah, what are some of your other like, favorite cuts that you've been really vibing of to of theirs lately oh man lately i haven't been in a huge uh huge animal collective place but one like the ones that never fall out of my heavy rotation uh i was just listening to listening to bros a lot last night and getting in my feelings a little bit just the front half of that like even the back half is still gore or uh bros yeah um sorry i'm also thinking of my other favorite track off that album, which is uh, Good Girl and Carrots. Yes. Yeah. That one, I think, is probably my favorite Panda Bear track. Just the way he flips that Kraftwerk sample in the latter half and the... Man, I don't know. Just that whole... The entirety of Person Fish just always just blows my mind. The yeah. way he was able to work all these different disparate influences into one album and ground it and make it like sound that amazing. But for me... Line in a Coma is the one that just always, I think it's my most played song on any, uh, like all streaming and platforms of all time. It's, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a sucker for on time signatures. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that one is, um, that one's definitely one of the criminally underrated ones off Meriwether. And like, um, that's like another great track about like going out of your comfort zone. And yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the, um, Kind of when they like um, are like kind of slowly introducing that song in their live sets. I really enjoy. Yep. Wait a second. They... You hear that jaw harp sample, and then you're just like, "All right, I know where we're going next." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just slowly crescendos, and then then you just hear it just go out into full force. So you you mentioned it at the beginning of the episode here, but so you met your girlfriend through this band um yep. and it was on the collected animals forum right yep shouts out to the collected animals i got a lot of friends on there a lot of lifelong friends they've been a lifesaver through quarantine because having oh, yeah. an already established online friend group when you have to socially distance uh right. it's great but yeah quick shout, shout out, out to nora shout yes out to nora obviously shout out to boo clams ian uh mora God, there's so many people on there. I could spend all the time, just like my entire time together, just like tap, just all you, all you amazing folks. I'm sorry if I have yeah. any of you. I, I could, again, go off for hours, but Marek, Aziza, just, you all are amazing people and such sweethearts, and I really appreciate you. Dude, that's, that's so, like, 
so that that kind of brings us to like how pretty much romantic attachment to the band and its music mm-hmm. and all these other people from all over the country all over the world like you know feel that same burning flame to you know to this band and finding just a community in that has just been so wild you know like yeah. i'm like um I haven't spent a ton of time on collected animals, but I do spend a lot of time in the spirit posting group on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so how did like, how did the conversation, like how did you and Nora like first kind of like uh, talk uh, on the forum? Uh, so I think there was just like a thread where you could post your socials and I posted my Instagram and we just follow each other on Instagram. Uh, but I think what kicked it all off was Oh man, uh, so <laughs> hindsight is 2020. But uh, she was studying abroad in London at the time, and she had gone to see Ducktales. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that was that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Long time ago. That was before everything came out. Uh, yeah. I don't fault her for that, but yeah, Matt Mon and I don't believe her. Uh, yeah. Real, real piece of garbage. But she and, ended up yeah. Being, uh, I guess getting to hang out with them backstage, which also another uh, yikes in hindsight, but I mean, nothing happened there. But I saw that she had, you know, backstage passes to DuckTales. So I was like, oh my God, you were hanging out with DuckTales or you got to see like DuckTales and we started talking about music. And uh, yeah, at that point it just kind of spiraled and we realized we had a lot in common and just kept chatting and that kind of blossomed into a really wonderful relationship. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I. I envy that so much, like that spark through something that is just so like near and dear, so personal to you, which is the shared love of mm-hmm. um, a really, you know, unique music group, um, like, you know, sort of dilutes the the idea of like, you know, you can only really be like involved in like your own community of music lovers based on like where you live you know like having these online communities has changed our lives and has has granted us friends and connections that have you know that you know become you know genuine connections and people that like you know are people that are long lasting through you know, like obviously you named a bunch of people just now. Like, I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. I had to stop myself from naming more because I could have gone on <laughs> for another ten minutes, but yeah, actually, there are just a lot of wonderful people in there. But yeah, I mean, it's it was just kind of interesting to see how that kind of blossomed and turned into this really just great online friend group. And especially, you know, during lockdown, it was really nice to have that established friend group because as soon as we were all, you know, had to stop hanging out with our friends in person, we just started kind of seamlessly doing stuff and like doing Jackbox and, you know, everything from like just playing games online together to we started doing these like virtual DJ nights, which have been a ton of fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I think you've invited me to some of those, but I'm usually busy on Saturday nights. But yeah. um, how, how, how do those work? Uh, we just, uh, from us, or sometimes we invite like a friend or two who do music stuff on there. We just, uh, every every other weekend, we stream online on uh, twitch.tv slash chagrecords. We started a little net label out of it. But uh, 
yeah, we just kind of pick whatever we're vibing with, anything we're listening to in our heavy rotation or just anything thematic. And we just spin for 40 minutes and get some fun visuals going. Uh, and we just stream it on the channel and I'll just hang out. It's a fun time to just hang out in the Zoom calls and just chat and listen to each other's sets. It's it's a it's not the perfect replacement for like going out to a nightclub, but it's honestly a bit more fun just because it's like you get to hear all of your friends DJ. You don't have to listen to some random dude at the bar and his yeah. taste in music. It's like kind of curated. Like, all right, I know all these people and I know they all have great taste in music. Yeah. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. Hell yeah. That's that is awesome. I hold me to it. I do have to actually attend one of these. <laughs> so we'll make that happen. No um yeah um so you know needless to say you know like we so we were gonna go see dan deacon this year together <sighs> i can't even like that thought feels so distant you know like that My felt like is immeasurable i know like i was just so stoked i mean i was stoked on you know his new record and like oh, mystic familiar is like it's it came out in january but it's still one of my like top records of the year it's so good yeah, but this year has just been such a, like, behemoth of truck, like, just trekking through it, you know? And, Absolutely. like, I just feel like April, when we were going to, like, when that show is going to be, just feels just like a whole lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, and there are going to be, a, I was going to go see a lot of other cool bands this summer. I was going to go see Shoo Shoo. There's some other ones that like I was really looking forward to, but yeah, I had tickets for Arca and for George Clanton. I was planning on going to Desert Days again in October. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly. So, um, so yeah, like, um, Alex. So I, I know that you um, you recently shared with me, uh, you know, your list of records that you have uh, <laughs> been. Um, uh, ranking through the Sierra, what what have you been what what have you been vibing to it? Because I mean, I always end up listening to what you send me, and I always like it. So <laughs> greatly appreciated. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess to contextualize this a bit, uh, I mean, music streaming is both a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing in that it's given us instant access to a lot of different musicians and artists, and it gives it a great amount of exposure, or like a very low barrier to entry and exposure for a lot of underground artists. But it's a curse in that, A, companies don't pay them enough royalties, so it's just kind of like pouring a ton of effort into something you might ne never see much fruit from if you're trying to make a living off of your art. But also, with the commodification of music, it's really pushed this culture of like playlisting, and like it's removing the artist's true intent and statement from you know, what they're putting out, because and if an artist puts out an entire album, but only one song gets, like, thrown into a playlist and gets a ton of traction, like, that's, you know, it's removing it from the context, or, like, the greater context that it might serve, and there might be, you know, a lot of other great stuff hidden in there, and it might also just be, you know, something great thematically, and I had found myself kind of falling victim to that playlisting culture and just listening to, there's nothing wrong with it, too, if you like to put, I love putting together playlists, too, it's a ton of fun, uh, making just like little mixtapes for your friends and stuff but yeah. what I which you did which you did give me one and yep. I really I still listen to you that gave Jib, me one too. yeah I still listen to that Jib Kidder song that oh you put Jib on. Kidder is great yeah yeah in between I, love I still that, love dude. that song yeah oh, man uh 
so his vocals on that track on that song are so funky. I know. Yeah. Hell yeah. That, woo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Please keep that in. Uh, I'm a singer. <laughs> um, but so one of my many New Year's resolutions, some of which have fallen to the wayside because of COVID, but one of the ones I really stuck to was I'm trying to listen to a new album every single day. And part of it is trying to reprogram my brain to really appreciate that entire full album statement. But another part of it too is it's giving me a chance to kind of dig deeper and look at the roots and the influences that some of my favorite artists have been influenced by. And it's also been great for me to pick up a lot of new bands that I would have never heard of had I not, uh, or new artists and stuff that I would have never heard of had I not done this. And as a result, I've been tracking everything down because I'm, uh, I love my uh, spreadsheets. I've uh, been keeping a big listening journal of all the albums I've listened to over the course of 2020. Awesome. And from that, I've also been putting together a list of my favorite releases from the year. And yeah, so if you're talking about stuff I've been listening to a lot lately, um, I listened to the new Microphones album for the first time today. I still have to listen to it. Oh, that took my, uh, that honestly just took the number one spot for album of the year for me. Oh, yeah? It's one 45-minute long song. It's kind of like a culmination of the rest of his work with the microphones and also his Mount Erie, but it's just like a 45-minute long meditation on, like, the mythology of artistry and childhood and growing up and, like, looking back uh, and seeing how his viewpoint has changed. And also, if you know anything about Phil Elverum, like, one of his big things is that he put out this album a few years ago called A Crow Looked at Me, which was written in the wake of his wife's death. Yeah. And it is just an abs- emotionally devastating album. Yeah. It's beautiful, but it is just also like the straight up one of the saddest albums I've ever heard. And it's talking like one of the big themes of that was him in a lot of his older work talking about this, these like empty, or not really dreaming of, but like kind of romanticizing this idea of emptiness and then experiencing that emptiness when his wife died and realizing that night that his kind of romanticized idea of metaphorical emptiness was completely broken and that true emptiness is just pain and awfulness so it's a lot of returning back to that theme and like refinding the beauty in or finding the beauty again in like these this kind of emptiness and it oh it is beautiful it's just this same two chord progression over and over again that slowly layers and blossoms and it kind of collapses in on itself and it keeps introducing these other little like bits of feedback or like drumming and at one point it just completely falls apart into this like beautiful ambient interlude oh man it was just it was amazing i do i cannot speak highly enough of that uh i gotta i really gotta hear that one i really got to um I was actually, my guest earlier today was just talking about the microphones, too. Um, I told him the same thing. I "I really still need to listen to it. (laughs) Because it's been a while since I've listened to the microphones. Yeah. They were were another band that was pretty foundational to, like, maybe not quite as much so as Animal Collective, but, like, microphones really also gave me a lot of, or directed my music taste later on in my life. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, what else have you been uh, vibing to? Uh, so another one, I, I'm just going off of my, my notes here, but 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, my other another one of my top albums of the year was uh, Arca's Kick One. Arca is she is so cool. I've been an Arca fan since Zen came out. I think that was back in like 2012, even. Uh, mm-hmm. Following her progression as an artist and also just her personal journey has been really cool. And also was like one of the first exposures, like growing up in, uh, like I mean, my parents have always done a great job of you know teaching me things but at the same time growing up in Waukesha County Wisconsin you don't really get a ton of exposure to uh like social issues or a lot of like the deeper intricacies of like the LGBT community and movement and uh it's one of the reddest counties in the state yep in the in the country actually in the entire country yeah fuck uh yeah it's it's a fun time seeing yeah. Arca, uh, you know, coming out as like non-binary and using different pronouns. That was like my first exposure to that, and it, you know, was again really eye-opening in that. But also just the way she makes her music and the textures and palettes, like it's just abrasive and noisy. But her uh, production, I think, she, I think she might have worked with like Kanye on Yeezus, uh, which we'll talk about Kanye, but. Uh, actually, let's not talk about Kanye. Um, <laughs> yeah, where do you even start there? But, uh, like, her just production skills are next level. And for a while, I kind of fell off. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of her uh, self-titled. But when Kick One came out this er- or earlier this year, uh, oh, oh, my God. that It blew me the hell away. Like, hearing, uh, like, Mecha Treffe just just this like deconstructed reggaeton and all like the weird glitchy layers about that and also just the reclamation of the turn and uh the other song time has that one has been just stuck in my head since it came out even the opener non-binary just the amount of swagger she carries across that track oh yeah that was another one like if if i heard hadn't heard that fill uh that microphone track today that was my number one for the majority of the year and i honestly still might keep it up there it's another just incredible album um but otherwise, I mean, like, uh, what's another big one? I mean, uh, the new Animal Collective album that came out, or EP that came out, was really, really gorgeous. Um, yeah, Bridge to Quiet was great. Yeah. Uh, what was that? The Sucks Beer passage where it's just like the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it harkens, thing. it harkens back to other, like, earlier, like, you know... Um, vibrant experimental soundscapes they used to do in like the yeah. early 2000s absolutely it's some of the coolest and freakiest stuff they've done to date um but one album that my buddy recommended me uh not animal collective but totally different artist uh it's this duo from england called land trance and i'm struggling to remember both of the people that are in it i know one of them is from uh x easter island heads which are like this really cool art rock group uh they did some really cool stuff there uh on that project but it's this album called first seance and it is just like 50 minutes of some of the most gorgeous ambient music i've ever heard and for me the centerpiece of the album is this track called chilean miners which samples uh like some speeches from uh the like chilean mine collapse and that just surrounded by these like really eerie but beautiful like just clicks and tape loops and ambient drones uh 
I actually listened to that pretty soon after I moved to my new neighborhood. And I went out for a walk. Uh, one of the blessings from working from home is that I no longer have to worry about commuting, which is great. Is so I, uh, I take my lunch breaks to go on a walk and just get some sun for half an hour. And going out and walking to that album, just like after it rained, it was just incredibly moving. And that album is, it's, it's incredible. Uh, highly recommend. I'm going to check that one out. You'll have to send that one to me. Yeah. Otherwise, another big artist I've been on lately uh, is Dead, D-E-H-D. It might be Date. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, but either way, they're amazing. Uh, I got really hooked on their album Water that came out last summer. Uh, they're kind of like a sparser instrumental like indie rock group from Chicago. Um, it's just like three three people. I think one, I can't remember the main project. I think it was from Knee High. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the guitarist from Knee High. Um, and then Emily Kemp, I can't remember what band she was from. And then their buddy Eric, who's on drums and also actually does a song on vocals. But on this album, they dropped this year. But yeah, it's their last album was, I think, talking about, I know that Jason Bala and Emily Kemp, who were like the two singers and lyricists, they were dating for a while and then they broke up. So they wrote this entire album about their breakup and their experience of like processing those feelings. And it was amazing and probably my album of the year last year. And this year they followed it up with another one called Flower of Devotion, which uh, took all of like the great stuff from that album that they dropped last year and added like a little bit of like a post-punk influence. It's very beachy and surfy, but Emily Kemp's vocal range is just astonishing. Like she can yelp and throw her vocals in just such wild places, but then she'll just suddenly be channeling like Roy Orbison with just these deep draws, and it's so enthralling. And it's such a fun and good summer album, and that's one that I have also been listening to a lot lately. Oh yeah, that's awesome, dude. I these sound like good. This sounds like awesome shit. I'll have to really check up. I'll have to put back on the top of my list then. Oh yeah, uh, last one I'll talk about. I don't want to go yeah. super super long because uh, I could probably go on for four or five hours i won't inundate yet but uh another really good one was uh i've been i've been drain pilled recently i've gotten really into drain gang or like uh like a like blady tie boy digital echo 2k all of them kind of like young lean adjacent if you remember young lean from like oh yeah the 2000s yeah all from like that swedish cloud rap kind yeah. of thing but both drain gang like Blady, Echo 2K, and Tyboy Digital, and Young Lean, uh, both of them came out with amazing albums this year. Uh, like, <laughs> Young Lean dropped Stars, which uh, was a great realization of his sound. Like I know that before he'd been like really immature, but this one just really could see how he'd develop into an artist. And then Blady dropped a few other albums this year, uh, 333 and then Exeter. Uh, both of them are just really gorgeous, and especially 333, just it's a ton of fun. And Drain Gang is a phenomenon. Uh, my girlfriend hates it, which is totally fine. They're the epitome of it sucks, but you get used to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, my friends from that fan forum that I mentioned, they really drain pilled me and got me hooked on, hooked on all that. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. That's been a big soundtrack to my summer. It's a great workout album. Uh, oh. I've gone on a lot of runs to that. And it's just a good, it's good. It's fun. Awesome, dude. I'll, yeah, I'm going to add all these to my list. Yeah, man, I've been listening to um, 
Um, you know, I've been keeping up with like a lot of the new releases. I mean, when I can, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I've been, I've been a lot more like, I mean, obviously the show takes up a lot of time, but also mm-hmm. like, I've been getting a lot more like politically active locally this summer. Yeah, so like, which is awesome. Like, yeah, and I, it's important. Just want to say, I've like seen all the stuff you've been doing on the ground and it's really, really great. Like just Thanks. keep doing it, dude. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And so honestly, like the last like month or so, I haven't had a whole lot of time to listen to music that I'm not writing for, like like Milwaukee music that like I yeah publish for breaking and entering. Like that's usually kind of like the music I've been listening to, but before before like the last month or so, like I was really deep in um the rabbit hole on a lot on a lot of stuff. So this year, I feel like this year was like the first year I really started listening to noise, like harsh, like industrial noise. Um, Hell yeah. Like Mersbo? Mersbo and yeah. uh, some Prurient and like Wolf Eyes. And, um, other, yeah, other assorted groups like that. Um, also some Aaron Dillaway. Um, I, I, um, I went to like my first noise set, uh, in Milwaukee, like this past January and uh, noise is so like insanely captivating in the sense where it's like when you, uh, you know, when you feel like sort of like a chaos in your mind that music that fits conventional cultural context like can't really do justice for like i feel like noise music really fills that void for me Absolutely. and and so this year like especially like you know when the pandemic first really like hit i was i mean i was fucking terrified you know like i was scared and confused and i had no idea like you know what how to make sense of you know the the reality and i started listening to um i started with like some lo- local noise artists because this is a pretty solid milwaukee noise scene yeah name them dude um peter j woods um he's got like five different noise projects he's like literally like a um he's like a teacher and he like i, I he's oh, like awesome. yeah 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 and some of these some artists out here are like um graduates of like the um like the music composition school at uwm mm-hmm. um other ones are like my boys in frenia uh shout out to frenia shout out to apollo vermouth who makes yep, you, you turned me on to apollo vermouth yeah apollo she is yeah absolutely grand yeah she's fantastic there's um, them uh and there's another band or two from milwaukee that really turned me on to there was the one that was like the they did that album that was like dedicated to that uh that like monk that or not the monk the activist like self-immolated oh uh snag snag yeah oh love snag yeah they're yeah they're one of the heaviest bands in milwaukee for sure um but speaking on more noise like um also um the end i love you uh i just interviewed him on mr nice guy earlier today uh he, he makes really cool like you know like 15 20 minute long passages of like improvisation 
Um, shout out to Eli Smith. Shout out to who does like, I don't know if you know who Bill or Cut is, but he does like really cool like improv, improv like guitar pieces. And Eli is one of my friends who plays in a couple local bands, but he does like improv noise sets where he like plays his guitar like a drum or he'll oh, play awesome. it with like household objects. Um, also, shout out to Citizen213. Um, he's dropped some really cool um, harsh tapes this year. Um, yeah, like, so I got really into noise, but beyond that like i got more into some of those um bands we had mentioned earlier like some of those more like new york psychedelic groups like black dice and gang gang dance and um really into um peaking lights that's a really cool band um i just kind of like i really started like going through each individual related artist like on like animal collective and like yep <laughs> you know that's how you do it yeah um recently i got into this band called yawn that's really cool mm-hmm. um they're like a tropical like psych pop band um you'd probably like them they're pretty dope i'm gonna write that down yawn yeah. just like the yeah y-a-w-n okay um also, um, been really digging Alvin Band. Uh, yep. Shout out to Rick Alvin. Yeah, Alvin Band is so cool. It's like it feels like you're in like a toyland, like a a, yeah. a psychedelic toyland. It really does. It makes you feel like a uh, like you like you like you're in Jamunji. Jamunji. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Really been digging Sonic Boom. Um, yeah. All Things Being Equal was a great album this year. Yeah, oh my god, it's probably my favorite album I've heard this year. Um, I also got into some older, like, heavier stuff. Like, um, I got really into Boris. Oh, yes. Pink is, like, such a good album. Pink is gorgeous. Uh, just wait, have you heard Feedbacker? Uh, what's that one? Uh, feedbacker is the one with a, a lot of feedback in it. Oh, I might I have to the, go back and listen to that then. I think the album cover is the one of like the woman lying down. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, my buddy it turned me out of that, and wow. Yeah, I yeah, I've been really digging Boris. Really dug uh, El Gincho. Fucking uh, yes. awesome tropical pop from uh, Latin America. Um, have you ever listened to A Sunny Day in Glasgow? Yes. Don't, the album I've really been enjoying of them is their first one, which is Scribble Mural Comic Journal. Um, okay, that one from I'm like 2007. Out, yeah, I've been really digging that one. Um, I went through a little shoegaze phase. Um, we all do. Yeah. I'm, um, we all do, and I am forever in one. Yes, right. <laughs> Uh, I really got into Nurse with Wound. Oh, that shit is nice. scary. Yeah, Soliloquy oh. for Lilith is like the scariest record I've ever Dude, listened to. I have a quick anecdote about that. Um, so I also, well, Nurse with Wound is great. One and like harsh noise album I got into pretty recently. Have you heard it all about the Caretaker? No. 
So the caretaker uh, is this project of this dude. I think it's James Kirby or like Daniel Kirby, Daniel James Kirby, whatever. Um, but he did this album in 2013 called Everywhere uh, or An Empty Bliss Beyond This World, which was uh, his whole aesthetic is like doing tape loops of like 1920s pre-war ballroom recordings, like wow. ballroom jazz recordings. And what he did is he took this and then made an hour long kind of concept album about like, uh, if you, you ever listen to like William Basinski's Disintegration Loops. Oh yeah, yeah. William Basinski's yeah. dope. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's along a similar lines of that, except it's less about the physical deterioration of media and more exploring themes of like dementia and mental deterioration and how I guess with dementia patients, uh, one of the last memories that sticks around are music. Like you can put on a song that somebody with very severe dementia will know and they will, you know, still recognize it. And I guess that album, he turned it into a like multi-year long project where he released six albums called Everywhere at the End of Time, which mm. was a much more drawn out, but like severe progression into the depths of it where the first few were like like disintegrating like kind of like the disintegration loops where the music deteriorates and grows crackles but then once you hit the fourth through fifth and sixth sections it's just like 40 minute long passages of just harsh noise and it was it, it's it's pretty devastating it's really really great and i highly suggest you check it out but i remember seeing a lot of seeing it kind of going around the youtube sphere where people were being like this is the most disturbing album i've ever heard in my oh, life wow. and i was like it's definitely disturbing like it's eye-opening and it's saddening but i i like i was like these you, you've never listened to nurse with wound <laughs> yeah dude nurse with wound yeah that's probably the most haunting i've come across absolutely but i will check that one out too it's great here. it's like six and a half hours long uh it will, <laughs> yeah uh i listened to it over two days because my brain cannot physically handle that much harsh noise in one sitting yeah neither can i like and speaking of which good luck listening to that matmus album uh tomorrow. <laughs> two and a half hours long i only got through like half of it but Let's go. i'm ready to hear more washing machines yeah right washing machines and plastic all the sort i've, I've actually been listening to uh, a fair amount of emo lately um i oh, nice. yeah I, i've been really into this band called it looks sad um they're like um kind of a more atmospheric emo band uh mm. kind of of the the not like the uh it, the, yeah i guess you could consider them like the emo revival movement um mm. they're pretty dope um i've been getting um i've been making my way through like all the bands that my friends have given me like over the years that i just yeah. you know, i've taken forever to get to but um yeah uh what else? Um, you ever heard of a band called Pram? Not familiar. Okay. Uh, I'm going to send you another record of theirs. They're like a cool, like, Please psychedelic, do. like, chamber pop band Ooh, in the early 2000s. Go. Yeah. Let's go. God. Uh, have you listened to, like, any Julia Holter? I love Julia Holter. As yes. a matter of fact, I just bought a Loud City song nice. uh, on vinyl. My friend yeah. introduced me to Aviary, and Aviary changed my life. Yeah um anyway sorry <laughs> another no julia holt is great um yeah. last band i want to mention that i've been really vibing to that i think you would really like to is called bitchin bajas oh i love bitchin bajas dude yeah <laughs> um, yeah i get i get clown for putting on stuff like that whenever we do like a spotify group session with like my roommate or 
they're like well that's a real alec pick it's like it's a 20 minute long track that's just like ambient droning but it's like oh yeah. bitch and boz is so good dude i actually i i saw them when they because they opened for uh stereo lab oh my god that's a hell of a bill yeah yeah and that was i had no idea who they were at first but um you never forget who they are after no you don't no you don't and uh, <laughs> listening to their studio recordings it's so atmospheric and uh, immersive and uh, i man yeah bitch and bajas is a great discovery yeah um actually i lied i'm gonna say one more band only because they're from 1980 but i this earlier this summer like i went through a kind of going back and listening to like full like synth pop and new wave records from mm-hmm. like the the heyday of synth pop and i must say that a band everyone should listen to if they really like synth pop is orchestral maneuvers in the dark not um, familiar okay they have that song enola gay that's really popular oh that rings a bell, but I, yeah. I would not know anything about them otherwise. Okay, so Alec, I'm going to give you this album um, because I know you're going to be totally head over heels for it. It's called Architecture and Morality. It's from 1981. Hit me. That sounds right up my alley. <laughs> Architecture and Morality by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Um, that one is, uh, that's another one of my like, favorite like um old school discoveries i've made this year um yeah dude i mean i like you might probably relate to this too but like i've just you know with so much chaos and anxiety and anger and existential dread and just despondency that has come with 2020 like mute like the experimental and abrasive music that we've talked about in the last hour has has literally like kept me sane through all of these times like yeah. you know absolutely same i mean i feel like it took a maybe it just took an environment like this but this is the year i finally uh metal finally clicked with me oh is that so yep uh yeah i dug the new arancy pazuzu album that dropped uh like mester and kinsey uh my buddy showed me this album by this band called car bomb that it's like uh like gent or like that math metal kind of stuff but oh just super cool uh and i mean i i knew i always had it in me because i i mean i i played drums as a teenager and loved tool so i feel like it never left (laughs) but it was just like yeah this kind of environment lends itself to like those kind of extremes and that's also why i've been drawn to a lot of like hyper pop like like arca or charlie xcx and 100 gex like it just really is caro caro bonito yep kkb kkb that's right um yeah yeah dude i i hear you i speaking of metal um if you haven't listened to sun they're a fucking cool band they're like a drone metal band oh yeah sun it's like S-U-N- S- S-U-N-N. Oh, oh, yeah. With the okay. logo, the sun logo. Yeah. yeah I, okay, I have, listened, I have listened to them. I just was always confused for a sec because my brain was like, is that like Daughters? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Daughters is 
They're fucking yeah. awesome too. You ever listen to uh, Throbbing Gristle? Oh, yeah, I know Throbbing Gristle, which, man, R.I.P. But yeah, just around like the that same time I got a nurse stuff. wound. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that that kind of stuff is like Throbbing Gristle was one that I definitely started looking back on once I like both Black Dice, but also listening to a lot of like industrial techno. Like I'm a huge fan of like Blawan, if you know them or know okay. him. Yeah, Blawan is great. Uh, great, like just super dark ambient techno stuff but oh tight yeah i i also got into burial i got into burial, burial is great here yeah um yeah i really like that song broken home which is so beautiful um and i always think it's so cool like i don't know if you feel this way too but like when you listen to a uh, a record that came out in like you know when you were just a kid when you were like growing up as a kid in like the 2000s like these insanely like experimental and imaginative like electronic or noise or techno like all these records were coming out like in the underground sphere of music and like we were just kids yeah you know and you discover them like 10 15 years later and you're like wow this was here this whole time and I've just been the sad, lonely boy. <laughs> Man, I, uh, oh, that just sparked a, a brain blast. Yeah, Jimmy, full Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Neutron. Yep. Yeah. Shouts out to Jimmy Neutron. Big uh, shout out to Jimmy Neutron, yeah. Really just terrifying animation looking back. That's just right. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, right. But, uh, no, um, I did some re-listening recently, uh, and came across an album that I think was really formative to my music taste as a current at like current day, which like, thankfully I have a, I was the youngest by many years. Uh, my older brother and sister are uh, seven, eight years older than me respectively or six and seven, sorry. Um, but their music taste was like imprinted on, on me somewhat. Like my sister listened to a lot of like Beatles and anti-folk stuff. Mm. And my brother was like a huge Dave Matthews Band fan, which I still love Dave Matthews Band to this day, and kind of gave me a lot of love for, I think, like jam band stuff too. Well, he didn't listen to many jam bands, but Dave Matthews Band kind of set the stage for that. But the one album that I distinctly remember being like my own discovery that has really, looking back, just had a ton of influences on my current taste was uh, this Brazilian or this no, was this Dutch jazz fusion artist named Prafool. Okay. And he had this song this that was really big on like smooth jazz radio back in like the early 2000s called Psy. And if you heard it you would probably recognize it as like mall music or something. But I bought the album that was like the first album I ever bought um I just bought the CD and I listened to that every night as I fell asleep. And it's just like Brazilian jazz fusion with like synths and listening to some of it, it <coughs> can drop it into like a, like a jet, like a, it's like a future beast or like future bass kind of set nowadays. And a lot of the sounds and like sonic landscapes that are there are like exist in music today. It's just really cool to see how like this acid jazz and like fusion stuff evolved and, really grew into my music taste nowadays 
That's cool. That is cool. I'm going to have to check that one out too, man. Like the songs you used to jam out to as a kid that ended up becoming like in the same realm of a lot of music you appreciate as an adult. Like an example for that for me was like Script Machine by Goldfrap. Um, yeah. That was a really like, that was one of my favorite songs when I was like 11, 12. Um, another one is um, Remind Me by Royksop. The yeah. Swedish uh, electronic love Royksop. Yeah, Royksop is awesome, and uh, yeah, and then like, um, I'm. Do you remember the band Peter Bjorn and John? Oh yeah, I <laughs> when I, I studied abroad in the Netherlands and uh, Amsterdam was in my like heavy rotation. <laughs> yeah, there. I was just like walking around Amsterdam listening to Amsterdam, feeling like such a fool. But man, that's it's such a good song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter Bjorn and John is one of my favorite indie pop groups from the 2000s, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you also can't go wrong with uh, Two Weeks by Grizzly Bear. Yes, oh, man. What, man. What was the, yeah, Grizzly Bear is also just amazing, too. Grizzly Bear has always been one of my favorite bands. I think that Yellow House is yes. a, a criminally underrated record. Dude, Yellow House is such a beautiful, beautiful yeah. record. Like Colorado, um, Knife, Knife. What's the opener on that one again? Easier, easier. Yes. Yeah, there's actually a movie. Um, there's a movie that came out that where Grizzly Bear did like the entire soundtrack. It's called Blue Valentine, hmm. and hearing like Grizzly Bear songs in like a cinematic context is really cool. Um, like my first indie band, I'd say was Spoon in sixth grade. That's a that's Gimme a Fiction grown up indie band. <laughs> yeah, it was Gimme Fiction. Um, my sister put me onto that one. But then in eighth grade, I was like into like the Fleet Foxes. Yeah, really into the Fleet Foxes. And then when I was in high school, like I remember hearing Beach House. Um, yeah. If, I heard Myth on the radio, and then that introduced me to Bloom, and then I got kind of like, it became sort of like a rabbit hole of indie, like, yeah. Are you a TV on the radio fan? Not, I'm not not a TV on the radio fan. I haven't listened to them enough to form an opinion. That's fair. That is totally fair. Yeah. Yeah, I, um... A band I feel like I really need to like get back into that like I should appreciate more is Doctor Dog. Oh yeah, where did the where did the time go has been in my heavy rotation since that album came out. Such a beautiful track. Yeah, uh, yeah, I. That's a band I feel like I would like a lot more if like I listened to them more. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah, dude. Well. Man, I we could talk about music all for hours. Yeah, oh uh, I, <laughs> we've barely scratched the surface. It's it's disgusting how big of music nerds we both are. Yeah, we are filthy. We are yeah. atrocious, but filthy, depraved music freaks. Yeah, yeah, but but man, I mean, it's 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 literally what like it's 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 my survival is finding new yeah. stuff to listen to all the time, and I'm really happy I have a companion like you to. To, to to keep chopping it up about things we find because same to you buddy man i and i can't wait till we get to see 
Animal Collective again together. I know. And their 2027 uh, quarantine release tour. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Hopefully before then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it is, it's really like crushing to feel that the quarantine will likely spill into next year, at least a little bit. Yeah. But um, in the meantime, we do a lot of our background research and keep just finding new stuff. Yeah. That's all we can do. So Alec, um, as we're closing out here, uh, tell me what keeps you up at night. Hmm. Well, last night, what kept me up at night was the full moon lightness going right through my blackout shades, which was annoying. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, everything from the current political climate and seeing how a lot of people are treating their country, specifically just seeing how awful, like, I mean, we've it, if you've been clued in, you should have known how awful, like, black Americans and people of color in the country have been treated this entire time, but especially lately it's been really it's a great great chance for you to open up your eyes a little bit uh that kind of stuff keeps me up at night but on a lighter note uh also just those random little uh little like social missteps you had that everybody else has forgotten about but you will never forget the ones uh, that happened 10 years ago exactly yeah. like the time you actually <laughs> called your teacher mom or hmm. uh well, I for did that me, so many times. For me, it was the time I, uh, they had a student athlete banquet at my high school and I accepted an award from the principal and I shook his hand and he said, congratulations. And I said, you too. And I think about that all the time. <laughs> I, oh yeah. I had embarrassing moments like that too. One time I went in fourth grade, I went to school wearing my mom's shorts, um, <laughs> which were way too short on me. And, uh, I was laughed at, and I still think about that to this day, too. Yeah, I wore, one day in first grade, I wore a windbreaker with no shirt underneath. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. That's <laughs> good. That's good. That, that's good. It was good. a statement. It was a statement, right. On the, on the other note, though, what puts you to sleep? Uh, literally, uh, this is kind of a, a life hack for me, but like 80s sitcoms uh like 80s sitcoms with la like 80s 90s sitcoms with laugh tracks put that stuff on in the background gently and the like cadence of those multi-cam sitcoms and the laugh tracks it lulls me right to sleep oh nice like uh married with children yep like full house like put on yeah. put on like that kind of stuff and just i sleep. that's good that's good stuff i um I've decided I've really needed to watch more lighthearted comedy. So I got, so I watched Arrested Development, um, which is really funny. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely great show. But now I'm watching Community, which is also pretty funny. Um, trying to make my way through a lot of the, the sitcoms and just silly humor that, you know, other people enjoy. Because I'm really bad at watching TV, so... Mm -hmm. I've been doing that. Well, thank you, Alec, for being on the show. Dude, huge pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always good to okay. see you in your smiling face, bud. Always great to see you too, man. So for everyone oh, who's watched, for everyone who's watched, uh, we hope you um, wrote some things down. Um, listen to Animal Collective, of course. Um, you know, you can start with Meriwether Post Pavilion. 
that's my recommendation. Yeah. But uh, but there's gonna be there's so much so much so many just spectacular experimental artists that are that have you know been at our fingertips all this time if you've been taking notes during this (laughs) during this episode uh you probably have at least like 50 or 60 bands written down but if you check out any one of those i'm sure it's a great time yes absolutely well thank you for watching mr next guy everybody we will see you next time cheers Mm -hmm.